the change, the transformation, it begins in you. Welcome to episode 11 of Naturally Nurtured Now. I am Coach Rasan Emanuel. Thank you again for choosing to listen. I certainly appreciate that. And I really do enjoy recording these. I've said it before and I'll say it again because I'm being very honest. I look forward to, um, you know, just sharing with you like this very candidly and openly. And I certainly appreciate you investing your time to listen. Um, That's really special, so thank you. So this episode is a continuation of episode 10. So if you haven't heard that one, I highly recommend that you go back and listen um, to that What to Eat Part 1 because in that episode, I do go into some detail about my relationship with food and how my experiences over time have contributed to my passion um, in terms of what I'm doing today with coaching and nutrition and Um, just overall well-being and, and, you know, really just uh, having that passion come from a place of experience. So again, just go back and listen to that. Um, I won't go too in deep. I won't go too, you know, in depth about what was discussed there. Again, if you just listen to it, you will certainly be able to appreciate and value this specific episode as well, because that episode ended on, um, I basically brought up the point of before you know what to eat, you should analyze why you're eating. You know, do you do it for comfort? Is it entertainment? Are you training for a specific um, sport? Or, you know, do you just desire to have more energy overall? Do you, um, you know, just these are just a few things to consider as to why you actually eat. Now, we know that food is substance and it provides essential vitamins and minerals and a host of other nutrients that our bodies need to function properly. And it's just the reason why I said, you know, it's it's good to know why you're eating before you start examining and going too deep on what to eat is because why you're eating sets the roadmap. It's like the blueprint for whatever it is that you'll be taking into your body as food. And so in that episode, I said, oh my goodness, this is so much information. I really wanted to go on and on, but out of respect for everyone's time, <laughs> I decided to, you know, do this part two. So we're going to go ahead and start, um, you know, and I thought about how to organize this because again, this is very candid And I just want this to flow very naturally and effectively in terms of what I am attempting to communicate with you. Um, And so I'm just going to go back to some notes from the last episode here just so that we can stay on track and make sure that this is a smooth process. So um, like I said, in the last episode, I mentioned know your why, um, why you're eating what you're eating. I gave the example of an athlete Um, training, thereby um, obviously choosing a different nutrition program than or lifestyle rather than someone who is not athletic, who has no, you know, specific event or game to prepare for. Um, And so 
let's just go ahead and start here. I'm just going to dive right in with what I'd like to share in this specific episode. So one of the first things I thought of, because I was thinking about my own childhood, and, and perhaps you can relate to this, but do you remember what it was like when you were a kid and you'd be playing outside with your friends, you know, or whatever, and then your mom or dad or, you know, whomever you lived with would call you in to eat dinner And you would say, like, you know, I'm not hungry because you were just so involved in the activity, you know, whatever you were doing. And then you'd come in and you'd sit at the table and then you'd be instructed, you know, to eat your food. And eventually you'd, you know, even if you felt like I don't want to be sitting here right now, I want to just get back out and do what I was doing. You would, you know, basically force down the food. Um, Maybe not all of it either. You might have kind of picked over your plate. I don't know if you were a picky eater when you were little, but I know I was. And I would kind of go through things and decide what flavors I wanted and what I didn't. And then, but in this situation, like if you were called in or an activity that you were fully immersed in was interrupted, then you try to like rush your food down, you know, and then just to get outside to play again. I also remember that feeling from lunchtime at school, you know, just while I enjoyed lunchtime, it's probably one of my favorite subjects in school, but, uh, you know, the feeling of wanting to get out to recess because you've been inside all day in the classroom, and you're like, all right, let me just eat this food so I can go out and double dutch or play hopscotch or something like that. Tetherball. Tetherball was my jam at recess back in the day. But anyways, basically, basically my point is this. Uh, just recalling moments where you've been so immersed in an activity that you forgot to eat or that you were so excited, you know, and you just like ate something really, really quick in between, um, you know, just for a brief moment, a break from whatever it was that you were doing. So food is very interesting because, again, why we eat plays a major role in our perception of it and what we reap from it. Uh, Food is information. Food is energy. We've heard it all. You know, you are what you eat. Um, You know, there's certainly a lot of information out there in the world, on the net, um, in regards to what to eat, why you should eat it, what it's supposed to do for your body. And it can be a bit overwhelming. And I did speak about that also in the first episode. And so these two episodes, hopefully, will just shed some light for you on how you should perhaps consider viewing food and what you're eating, because it is, it's a, it's a, it's a part of our life, you know, and so to begin thinking more deeply about how you eat, why you eat, really makes a difference in your overall well-being. Um, because the truth of the matter is, is that we all hunger for play, you know, for fun, for touch, for romance and intimacy and love and achievement and success and art and music and self-expression and leadership and excitement and adventure and spirituality like all of these elements are essential forms of nourishment um, to us yet secondary food and overeating or emotional eating um, can definitely is proven actually to be more prevalent in our society today because a lot of people are not being truly satisfied um, in the areas of primary food, which I'm going to get to in just a moment. But all of those things that I just mentioned, like the play and the art and the self-expression, all of those elements are essential. Those are forms of nourishment for us. 
they really, really are. Um, there was a modern-day mystic named Osho, O-S-H-O, <laughs> who said, to be in romance with life is religion. And because I just mentioned some of those things that we truly hunger for, and romance being one of those things, um, to view this, like to, to really visualize this statement, to be in romance with life is religion, or you could say, you know, is spirituality, then that makes you look at the other elements of, you know, the things that we hunger for and how those things really play a major role in how we view and perceive and live our lives, depending on what our levels of hunger or, um, you know, or starvation are in those different areas. So when we begin to create nourishing lives for ourselves, that is the highest form of spirituality or, you know, some people might call it their religion or whatever. Basically, it's just the highest form of your well-being, your overall balance as a being when you create a nourishing life for yourself. Because you could be eating all the kale and broccoli in the world, and there are people who have the healthiest diets as defined by, you know, various health websites and so forth. I'm speaking of people who actually perhaps, you know, maybe just drink green smoothies in the morning and, you know, just raw vegetables and fruits and don't eat this and or grains or anything. The idea of what is a healthy diet is really very individual. It's based on your own bio-individuality. So there's no right or wrong way to eat, so to speak. It's just dependent upon you, what you feel about the food, how it makes you feel. You know, we're all, like I said in the last episode, very intelligent beings and we're able to discern at any given moment what's good for us and what's not and so once again you could be eating all the kale and broccoli beets and turnips in the world but if you're not nourishing yourself on a holistic level then you will not feel vibrant you will not feel fulfilled there will always seem to be something missing there and so I know I've spoken of the void before in regards to um you know, the relationship that I've had with food in the past in terms of being um, a very emotional eater. And I feel like so many of us can relate, not just women, but men and women alike, and more so now even children. You know, the the uh, percentage rates of children who are actually, you know, categorized as like emotional eaters is up as well. And considering, you know, the events taking place in our world at the time that this particular, you know, episode was released. We all know that there's so much going on, and so it can be easy to, <clears throat> pardon me, to become stressed or anxious and to allow those external emotions, um, those things that are happening outside of us, but in our world to affect our inner world. And then, you know, we may seek out comfort in the form of food or other things that appear to console or comfort us at times, but then you realize that it's a much deeper issue. And that is the same that is true with uh, determining what to eat and how you eat. Um, and again, nourishing yourself on a holistic level, that's going to ensure that you, you do feel that genuine sense of vibrancy and, and strength and just overall <clears throat> well-being in your life. And there are a lot of different things that play a role. There are different factors to being nourished on a holistic level, which is what 
we're going to go more deeply into in this episode. So there's really no secret formula. I will say that first and foremost, each person is unique. Like I mentioned, we all have a different bio individuality and that is to be respected from person to person. And so, you know, with all the diets and fads and everything that are out there, you know, you can be vegan, you can be vegetarian, you can be pescatarian, you can eat meat, you can just, you know, whatever. There are so many diets and just regimens that are just out there for people to choose what works for them. And by no means should we ever, you know, judge anyone for their choices. We can just simply do what's best for us. And if people are curious about what's working or what's not, simply share the information. You know, that's that's all that I'm desiring to do when I do these podcasts is not to sway you one way or the other, but simply to bring up information for you to, uh, you know, for further consideration on your part and determine what would be best for you. And then, of course, to spark you to go and do your own research on various things and topics that may interest you and empower you to go further with whatever your health and well-being choices are. You are your greatest coach. You know, we're all coaches if you think about it. We really are. Coach is just a title. And I'm not one who, honestly, I don't like confining myself to any titles because there are so many things I do and love to do. And sometimes I feel like I'm putting myself in a box if I give myself a title. Now, for the sake of this podcast, I introduce myself as Coach Emmanuel or Coach Rasan Emmanuel. And that's simply because for the most part, in about, you know, in a lot of the things that I do, I feel like I'm coaching and coaching. I just mean that, you know, we all go through experiences and we accumulate information and we gain insight and all of these things. And then as a result of what we've gained from those experiences, I feel like we naturally, some of us more stronger than others, but have the the desire to share information that can help or assist others in some way. And so that's why I just said we're all coaches and you are your best coach by all means. Always listen to your gut and go with what you know. But um, so getting back here before I get off track there. Uh, so like I said, again, you could be eating all the healthy food in the world. There's no secret formula. Every person is unique because there are people shopping in the store every day paying so much attention to the food that they put in their bodies. You know, they can put all the organic and gluten-free and this and that in their carts. And then you could like go to the movie theater down the street and notice that, you know, there are friends and couples laughing together, eating popcorn and drinking soda. And those people may seem happier and healthier than the the super health conscious people at the store every day, loading their carts with all of this so-called good stuff, you know, um, And this leads me to the next point of introducing to you this concept of primary and secondary food. Now, primary food is basically when, you're, when your primary food is balanced and, and satiating, your life feeds you. That makes what you eat secondary. So primary food is what nourishes you off the plate. It's not your, the substance that you're consuming through your mouth. Primary food is... And I touched on this briefly in the previous episode as well, but I'll go ahead and, uh, and go through that again and just let you know more about the, the areas of primary food. Primary food has various, uh, there are various parts to it. One moment, I'm actually looking up 
my little graph here so that I can go off of that and be precise with this information for you here. While I'm looking this up, I will just simply pose the question, and it's genuine. How are you? How are you doing? I know there's so much going on, you know, and uh, everyone's handling everything in their own unique way. There's no wrong or right way. But I would just encourage you at this time as you're listening to this to know, A, that you're not alone. B, everything that's happening in and around you is for your good somehow. You can take and you can transmute that energy of what you're feeling, whether it's sadness or frustration or anger, um, you know, any, any type of emotion that you're feeling that you would consider lower than what you usually feel. Simply take that and make that work for you. Make it work for your good. You don't have to allow it to make you, you know, feel hopeless. We are all in charge and have control of how we choose to react to certain, certain um, circumstances. It's never what happens to you. It's how you react to it. You've probably heard that before. But yeah, I just had to say that and really genuinely ask you, how you're doing and let you know that I'm just sending you so much love. I really am. And I'm, I'm just, my heart is just connected to every human being on this earth. Really. I love humanity. I love our world. And, and I love the fact that we all are empowered to first heal and transform ourselves because it all begins in us. Any change we desire to see, it begins in us. That's why I say that at the beginning of this podcast the change, the transformation, it begins in you because it really does. And then we radiate our vibe. And if people resonate with that, then they can get with that and learn more about what we did to feel that way. And that's how we change the world. So, but not to get too off subject, I only said that as I was looking for what I have now found here is the areas of primary food. So like I just said, that's what nourishes you off the plate. So that's things like your spirituality, your creativity, your finances, your career, your education, your health, your physical activity, um, you know, how much home cooking you receive, your home environment, your relationships, your social life, and your overall level of joy. So those are all things that nourish you off of the plate. Now you can be starving in one or more of those areas, and that in turn will have an effect on how you view and consume secondary food. And I can tell you this from my own experience. When one of those things is out of balance, then you do. You attempt to compensate for that by eating. And that is, by all means, not the proper way to, to heal and get through those. Although, you know, you go through things and then if you, even if you realize later, oh my gosh, that wasn't the right way to do it, you learned. You know what I'm saying? And it's like... Um, in one of the episodes where I speak of, I believe it was uh, progress over perfection, is just simply looking at failures at, as feedback because every failure provides feedback to you as to what you may consider avoiding um, repeating in the future so that you don't experience the same thing and so forth. So, um, And again, it's about progress over perfection. So even when choosing what you're eating, um, it's really not about coming up with the perfect diet or so-called, you know, diet for yourself, which again, I don't really like to use the word diet. 
I really like to refer to things as lifestyle change because it it's it symbolizes that you know it's not temporary. Diets tend to be temporary for a specific reason or goal. Lifestyle is when you do something consistently because it's how you live. So that's how I like to view things. And in the area of primary food, like I said, if one is out of balance or vice versa here, if your primary food is balanced and satiating, then your life will feed you, making what you eat secondary. So secondary foods don't come close to giving us the joy and the meaning and the fulfillment that primary food provides us. It really does not because the more primary food you receive, then the less you'll depend on secondary food to fill in those gaps. You feel me? You know, like, have you ever, like, have you ever been, I don't know, depressed may be a pretty harsh word, but maybe you were just feeling down, maybe just beside yourself, not really, you know, maybe your self-esteem was low, and you were actually starving for an area of primary food. And even in good times, when you when you come home at night, sometimes you find yourself, or any time, you know, looking throughout the refrigerator for something to eat when all you're really, really wanting is maybe a hug or someone to talk to or to feel a greater sense of purpose or to be physically more active, like to have more energy. And by default, you know, a lot of people just think that food can can satisfy that. And it really cannot being completely honest and I'm speaking again from a place of experience that once you begin to balance out those areas of your primary life then you'll notice the shifts and the changes in how you actually eat so let's move right along here um so I was already I spoke about the you know how you can eat all of the healthy food that you want but you still don't feel satisfied um But right now, the point that I want to make at this moment is the more, like I said, the more primary food that you receive, then the less you'll depend on the secondary food. So the opposite is also true. The more we fill ourselves with secondary food, then the less we are able to receive the primary food of life. So it's really all about balance because that's what can happen You know, you can start eating so much and then you get into this pattern and then you really are not leaving any space for those areas or, you know, energy for yourself to even invest in perhaps investigating closer what areas of your primary food are not fulfilling and feel out of balance. If you're always eating, that's distracting. So then you come to the point where, okay, there's this balance that must take place. So as you proceed knowing this and about this balance, then now you can begin to really give some mindful thought to what you eat physically, consuming. First, you must be honest with yourself and come clear about what the picture of your overall well-being looks like and what does it feel like. You, You know, allow yourself to vividly visualize it, smell it, taste it. Just allow yourself to become sensually seduced by all of those emotions, those energies and motions related to how you are visualizing your ideal lifestyle. What you're doing here is not, it's not merely imagining or visualizing, but what you are doing is actually tapping into the initiation of 
the process of manifestation for your desired outcome. Because after all, everything that we experience is related to feeling, you know, and everything is energy. And so when you can visualize so vividly and feel yourself, you know, in that size, whatever dress, um, looking that way, feeling that way, allow yourself to actually go there and your mind is so amazing. I have to do an entire episode on the brain and the mind and how it works. That'll be a few episodes because there are different subjects. But uh, for the sake of what we're talking about here, your mind really cannot differentiate based on what it's feeling um, as compared to what it's physically actually experiencing. So if you are really thirsty um, and you sit there and you think about drinking a really ice cold glass of water, your mind actually is experiencing the feeling as you're imagining, even though you don't have that cup of water in your hand. And that that's a subject that can go a lot deeper, but I'm, I'm just simply saying that because I'm, I'm recommending here that you vividly visualize your life, your lifestyle, and what that looks like and feels like. Um, because the reason why I led you to do this is so that when you begin thinking about food and what to eat, you'll be better able to gauge whether or not your hunger is actually related to your consumption of secondary food, which is the food on your plate, or the primary food, those areas that I mentioned um, that nourish you off of the plate. And then so what will occur as you're now aware of these two types of food is that you will simply be more aware of what you're really needing at any given moment. Secondary food will not just be the default. And if you choose to understand your own hunger from a well-informed perspective, then you'll naturally be more confident of your ability to make the right choice for you and your body and well-being at any given time. And this is very, very empowering. Again, I'm speaking from experience because I've gone through so many, you know, just emotional ups and downs with food. And I'm speaking of like primary and secondary food and discovering, you know, that there were even the two and, um, wow, like it's really eye-opening and it really does affect the way you you eat and what food choices you make because you're more aware. And it's not that you condemn yourself. This is not about, you know, you making yourself feel guilty over what you're actually eating or, you know, maybe the areas of your primary food life that, you know, the primary food in your life that aren't satisfying and fulfilling to you as you would like them to be. But it's really about being aware being honest, and then implementing a plan or, you know, taking action to correct whatever's out of balance. That's all. It's really very simple. There's not, you don't have to go really deep. You don't have to, you know, you you just know. Again, you're an intelligent being. We are all beautiful, magnificent people. We have these beautiful brains and these beautiful hearts and we have the ability to discern what's good and what's not good for us or what rather will serve our highest good. And then we just make choices that align. That's all. That is really all. So now I'm going to provide you, now that we've talked about the primary and secondary food and other stuff, I kind of went in a few directions there. But again, I'm just going with the flow. And thank you for flowing with me. (laughs) Now I'm going to provide you with some very basic information regarding your secondary food choices. 
So first I'd like to bring up the topic of fasting. And the reason why is because fasting actually can be a very good thing depending on how you do it and why you're doing it. And this is a term that some don't like the idea of. It's like giving up what I, you know, giving up my food. Oh my gosh, can do that. Um, while there are others who embrace and do it on a, you know, they embrace it and do it on a regular basis. Now there are various types of fasting and one type is choose, it's like when you choose not to eat solids at all and you only drink liquids for whatever duration you choose. And then another type of fasting um, can be maybe perhaps just to eliminate certain foods that you notice are making you feel less than your best and giving your system time to clear from those effects. So maybe that could be your coffee or your sugar, just things that, you know, you know how you feel after you eat or drink that. And no one has to tell you that maybe you should cut back. Your body has already told you. And so now it's up to you to listen. And your body's definitely going to thank you and reward you in ways that that are beautiful and energizing. All right, and then there are intermittent fasted, fasts where you basically, like one type is like an alternate day fasting. And that entails eating no food at all. And, and you know, at, on the other days, like, so you would eat no food at all on your fasting days. And then on the other days, you would eat a very small amount. And then there's the warrior, they call it the warrior diet. Again, I'm not a fan of diets, but I'll explain what the warrior diet is. It's just a diet that involves eating only fruits and vegetables during the day and the more raw form they can be the better and then you eat one large meal you know in the evening so of course there there are so many other fasting methods that I haven't even mentioned but regardless of what fast a person may choose what's important is to know that fasting is simply a conscious choice that provides us with some time to reduce our secondary food intake thereby allowing for a greater awareness of our primary food so Again, it brings you back to all of those things that I mentioned, like your joy and your spirituality and your um, those different areas that nourish you off of the plate. And so for the sake of going into some food choices that you can make in secondary, um, in that category of secondary food, I just thought I would go over a very quick list of um, some superfoods here that you can consider consuming based on your flavor prep preferences or whatever, you know, however you'd like to incorporate these things. But these are just, by all means, these are just a few things that I will share with you. And just so you know, superfoods are basically natural, nutrient-dense compounds, okay, that contain high concentrations of essential nutrients with proven health benefits, okay? And they're almost always, well, they're always, I can say, high in vitamins and minerals and you know, omega-3s and fatty acids and probiotics and um, antioxidants. And so superfoods, if you are choosing to simply implement more quote-unquote healthy food, I would go um, for these types of the superfoods here. The list I'm going to share, consider incorporating some of these into your diet and see how you feel because you will most definitely feel a difference. Um, whether you choose to eat them, you know, cooked or raw or in a smoothie or what have you, just getting them in. Um, of course, considering your body and what it tells you, go with what you know, go with your gut, do what's best for you based on how you feel. But here's the list. So here's a few. You have the mango. 
specifically the African mango. It's a superfood. Coconut, um, grass-fed dairy, if you consume dairy, cinnamon, kale, um, of course, water. Got to get enough water. Cultured dairy, like yogurts. Um, you also have the... Uh, mm, and no, I really won't bring that up because I haven't consumed it or experienced it. But anyway, so the yogurt, cultured dairy, Greek yogurt is is good choice as well. Um, chia and flax seeds, uh, algae, cultured whey, blueberries and raspberries, Indian gooseberries, avocado, garlic, wild salmon, cocoa, cocoa um, cacao too, actually. That's high in antioxidants. Um, grass-fed, of course, beef and dairy. If you consume almonds, pasteurized eggs, broccoli, and turmeric. So based on that list, again, decide whatever it is that you would choose to incorporate into your diet. And you may actually find that list at draxe.com. That's just D-R-A-X-E.com. That's where I pulled the list from. Because Dr. Axe is actually, I have found, and I often reference it, to be a reliable source of information. There's a wealth of stuff shared there on recipes, on food. Um, just go there. Check it out. Dr. Axe. I actually narrate for Dr. Axe from time to time various articles. Um, and I enjoy doing that. <laughs> because for people who don't want to go and read all of those, uh, you know, articles. They can just simply click on narrate or listen to narrated article. And there I am to read it to them. So um, anyhow, so yeah, those are some superfoods you may want to consider incorporating. Uh, the purpose of this episode was really just to present exactly what I just said in the way that I just said it, because that's how it naturally came out at this time. Um, so I definitely can... Uh, encourage you to consider the information that's been presented to you and decide, you know, spend some time with yourself and in your kitchen or, you know, reading books or going online and really just before actually, I would say, you know, exploring externally, just sit quietly with yourself. I encourage you to do so. And just think about what I said, you know, visualize your ideal or your the lifestyle that you truly desire to live and what it is at this time that you can do that will contribute to you moving in that direction and beginning to feel more of that lifestyle unwinding moment by moment. And certainly your food is playing a factor in that. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be it for this episode. I really, um, just wanted to elaborate more on, the subjects of, you know, those things that nourish you off of the plate and the things that you decide to put on your plate. Those are all, they all, you know, when it's all in harmony and you're feeling well and, you know, things are going good. And, and mind you, not everything on your, in the areas of your primary food is ever going to be really perfectly balanced. But it's all about recognizing that that is a plate off of the plate. And so sometimes you just got to stop and analyze what, what you have on your plate and, and just make adjustments. That's all. Again, be gentle and love yourself through your growth, through your transformation. That in itself is going to reduce any stress, 
and anxiety, which in turn could trigger you to want to eat certain things that maybe you really don't want because you think it's going to somehow soothe you in that moment. Whatever's best for you, you know. That's all. That's the bottom line. Listen to your body. Go with your gut. Do what's best for you. And know that the change, the transformation, it begins in you. Until next time, thank you.